Good morning. morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Throughout the season of Epiphany, we've seen how Jesus came not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too, for everyone. Yet today, we focus on how Jesus also came to sacrifice, to be a sacrifice because of our sin. Jesus revealed as the Lamb of God. We'll follow along with the order of service as it's printed out for you in your worship folder and projected on the screen. For our opening hymn, please note that the first through fourth graders will sing the verse one and the first refrain.
Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you gave your one and only Son to be the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and believed to the ends of the earth. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives with you and the Holy Spirit and reigns one God, now and forever. Please be seated. In our first lesson from Isaiah chapter 49, we hear not only that God had big plans for his servant, the Messiah, to save all people, but that that Messiah would put his trust in God, even as he went about that sacrifice for sins. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. 
And now the Lord says, He who formed me in his womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is the word of our God. Our second lesson is taken from Colossians chapter 2, and these words serve as the basis for our sermon. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you are taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you are also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This is God's word. Continue with the trio. Please stand. The Gospel according to John chapter 1.
when John pointed out Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, to his disciples, they followed him. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Simon, or Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please be seated for our next hymn.
Grace and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. Amen. God's word in our sermon today, taken from the second lesson, Colossians chapter 2. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Do you have everything? Your backpack? Your snowbag with both boots? Your lunchbox? You've got a lesson today. Do you have your music and your instrument along? Do you have your nap time bag for later too? Do you have it all? Because I do not want to turn this car around and come all the way back home and get it. Our school families are pretty used to this kind of routine, Monday through Friday, week after week. But even if you don't have children in school, you've got routines like this, whether you're getting everything ready to go work on the job site or just taking care of things around the home with the housework and and the bills every month or going out shopping. Got to make sure you have everything on that grocery list. We all have routines like this. And by the time... We've got everything on the list. It seems like the car is full. How much more with God? We need to make sure we have everything when it comes to God. Because in our relationship with him, there's there's no being late. There's no second chances, no going back. You've got to have it all. When John the Baptist pointed his disciples to Jesus... He said, here's everything. This is everything you need. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look. And that's really what the Apostle Paul does for us in Colossians 2 as well. He says, look. Here in Christ is everything you need. You have fullness in Christ. You're fully alive and fully strong in him. Now, in the book of Colossians, Paul doesn't define the group of false teachers necessarily that were saying, you need to have more than Jesus. But Paul definitely does spell out some of the things they were saying you needed to have and how deadly that was. One of the things in Colossae that they were being told they needed to have in addition to Christ was circumcision. That small piece of skin which needed to be cut off about half of the people, something that was commanded back by God at the time of Abraham. Paul says here, in Christ you have so much more, not just removing a little piece of skin, but getting rid of putting off your entire sinful flesh, that old self that was was ruled by the flesh. That was something that had controlled all of us from the time we were born, ordered us around. And the acts of the sinful flesh are obvious. We can tell when the sinful flesh is controlling us, when people are obeying its orders. Sexual immorality, idolatry, debauchery, selfishness, witchcraft, rage, drunkenness, and all kinds of other things like that when the selfish, sinful nature is in control. Yet, where that is bossing us around and continuing to rule over us, we would not inherit the kingdom of God. You earn death when the sinful nature is in control and ruling over you. Just taking off a little piece of skin isn't going to help with that. We needed it all to be removed, and that's what Christ did in our baptism. In your baptism with water, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you were buried with Christ, done with sin, dead to it, and you were raised to life with him again, fully alive in him. All of this through faith, not your own decision, your own commitment, your own sincerity in following him. This is through faith in God's work. God's work who is powerful enough to raise Jesus from the dead, God's work in your baptism, 
was by his Holy Spirit giving you new birth, renewal, saving you, washing your sins away, making you an heir of eternal life, fully alive. Your baptism wasn't just a nice day a long time ago where you got dressed up and you had a fun meal and fun time with your family members after. Your baptism is everything because in your baptism, God gave you Christ. He connected you and joined you and united you with Christ inseparably. Together with Christ. When it seems like nothing is going right in your life and when you look at your life and realize the complete mess that you've made of it, there's your baptism where God gave you Christ every day, a reason to give thanks to God, to sing about your baptism, to encourage each other in baptism, and to live in line with it. Your baptism gives you Christ, who is everything, fullness, fully alive. But Paul explains even further. When we were dead in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our flesh, so not only were our actual sins death for us, whether that was murder or cursing, before we even did or said anything, the very state that we were born in, the uncircumcision of our flesh, handed down to us from Adam and Eve, our first parents, we were dead. When a car battery is dead, you can't start the car. You can't drive anywhere with it. It takes something from outside of it, a connection to a live battery to jumpstart that. It's the same way it was for you and me. Dead in our sins and the uncircumcision of our flesh, we couldn't start anything with God. We couldn't come to God or approach him at all. We needed to be made alive, and that is what Christ did. He wiped out all of the charges that were against us. He removed and carried off our sin, all of it. When Jesus died on the cross... God nailed the legal charges, the law that stood opposed to us, nailed that to the cross, took it away. We are forgiven. Now, how could that happen? How could Jesus, one person, take away all sins, wipe all sins out? Well, it's only because in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. That is, the entire essence of God there in Christ. Ever since the time he was conceived and born, for the rest of eternity, even now, we can't understand this, but we can be amazed by it. Christ, like a three-gallon bucket holding all the waters of all the oceans, in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives. And it's only because of that that he was able to take away the sin of the world. He is fully God. And that is what John the Baptist was talking about. When he pointed to Jesus, the Lamb of God, the one who came after me has surpassed me because he was before me. John was saying that Jesus, even though he was born after John, was really around before John. The Son of God, the second person of the triune God, has always existed. Even before, in time, he took on human flesh, human nature, in Christ. He surpassed John way better than anything John was. He was fully God. And Christ took away all sins. But also, Jesus was fully human. Because... All the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. He had to be truly human, just as human as you and I, so that he could be our substitute under God's punishment for sin there at the cross. Because of that, you and I are fully alive, alive in Christ. One of the other things that the Colossian Christians were being told, you need to have this too, was worshiping angels. Now, angels are real. Angels are powerful spiritual beings created by God. And they're 
divided into different ranks. The Bible speaks of rulers, authorities, and powers, and oftentimes just uses those kinds of words in referring to angels. Yet, worship is reserved for God alone. And that's what Paul was saying then. He said, don't waste your time worshiping with angels because Jesus Christ, he is head over every authority and every power. Don't worship angels. You don't need that. You have everything, fullness in Christ. Then also, for the fallen angels too. Those fallen angels are rulers, authorities, and powers. They are very powerful in whatever authority God allows them to have here in this world. This past year, people around the world have watched as the Ukraine was invaded and the different kinds of weapons the Russians used in that. Their guns, their tanks, their planes, their missiles, their bombs, all of that firepower laying waste to the country of Ukraine. But what would happen what would happen if all of the Russian weapons all of a sudden broke down and were useless? Planes fell out of the sky, tanks rusted through, all of the triggers stopped working on the guns. They wouldn't be able to do anything more. They would be driven out easily, and the people of Ukraine could come back, settle down, build things up, and resume living again. Well, that's what you and I get to. We get to resume life because of what Christ did. Verse 15, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he disarmed all of the fallen angels, the demons, and the devil himself. Jesus sabotaged all of their lie missiles. He disconnected all of their despair bombs. He melted down all of their fences with barbed wire and guns from their prisoner of war camps. You and I are free, free to live in Christ. And at the cross, and what happened soon thereafter, he made a public spectacle of the demons and the fallen angels and the devil. Just like what would happen back in the Roman world. When a Roman general had a successful campaign against a foreign enemy, he would often be allowed to have a victory parade, a triumphant march, where he and his soldiers would parade through an arch in Rome. There would be flowers and shouting and cheering, and then following behind the victorious general would be the enemy, humiliated, defeated, in chains, sometimes even put to death, as a part of that parade and procession. But that's what Jesus did. He made a public spectacle of the devil, triumphing over him by the cross. 1 Peter chapter 3 talks about this too. It says that after Jesus rose again from the dead, he went and proclaimed his victory to the spirits in prison. That included unbelievers who had rejected God and had already died, especially those back in the flood, but also those in prison, those in chains, the demons and the devil himself. Jesus proclaimed his victory. He was triumphant. He won by his cross. His victory is yours. So that in Christ, you don't need anything else. You have fullness, fully alive free to live as God's children, to grow in him, to serve him, to enjoy life underneath him. Fully alive, but also fully strong. It's estimated that about tens of thousands of people every year, usually women and children who aren't able to be in stable living situations, are lured away and taken captive. They end up being forced to work or to do things with their bodies against their will. This is called human trafficking, and it's a major problem in our country and around the world. If that kind of thing would happen to one of your children, wouldn't that be one of the worst nightmares imaginable? Well, Paul 
speaks of something very much like this. And if it ever happened to you, God would be grieved. He would be devastated, heartbroken. Listen to what Paul says. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. That can happen. God's people can be taken captive. Paul is talking about a spiritual human trafficking. He says, watch out for it. Be warned about it. It's tragic. Well, this can happen in a variety of different ways. But one thing that it all has in common is someone who says to you, you need more than Jesus. He's not enough. He's not everything. If you ever get a chance to be at a a big bookstore... Try going down the spirituality and religion aisle. And you'll notice all kinds of different philosophies, all kinds of different ideas. You need this. And it leaves Christ behind. Or at least minimizes him. By going after that, being taken captive by that, that leads to misery and eternal suffering. But it won't happen for those under Christ. You who have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. You received him. It wasn't your choice, but the Holy Spirit gave you Christ and pressed him into the hand of faith for you. Continue living in him. And that's what Paul gives us three great pictures of. He says, being rooted in Christ. This is something that doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. It happened a while back, but it means everything for the here and now for you. Just like a huge oak tree or maple tree or pine tree out there sends its roots down deep, takes in nutrients from the soil and water as well, it's stable. You're not going to be able to just pull that thing out. Also being built up in Christ. If you had a chance to look at the building on the south end, the new project, those steel beams and and the brick wall that's going up right on the other side of our school, those are sturdy. You can't just carry those off captive. Also being strengthened in Christ. Think of the solid bolts and the mortar that connects the bricks, the bolts and the screws and the nails that hold everything together. Every time you read the scriptures and come to worship and get involved in a Bible class, or go to Sunday school. This is what God does for you. He sends your roots down deeper, builds you up higher, and strengthens you through and through, all in Christ. So that you spill over like a a silo or a, a grain bin that's never big enough, constantly overflowing with thankfulness to God. So don't just listen to Christ today. And then, eh, once or twice a year is good, or just when I'm a child is good, or we'll make this a hobby and only dabble in it. No, continue in Christ, built up, rooted, and strengthened in him every day. Because in him is everything. You have fullness in him, fully strong. One of the things I notice on the backpacks of many of the school children when they come to school in the morning is these little clips. And I never used to have that when I was growing up. Maybe I wasn't cool enough or something. But all these clips, so that they can hang their tote with music or their snow bag, or they can hang their lunchbox on their backpack, and all they have to do is put their backpack on and walk on in, hands-free. That's really what Jesus does for you and me. He is everything. On him hangs your forgiveness, your life, your salvation, the removal of your sinful nature, your strength, your roots, your building up, everything you need. You have fullness in Christ. Enjoy that every day, fully alive, and grow in it fully strong in him. Amen. Please stand.
Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus, we praise you for being our all in all, our everything, our fullness. Please fill us with your peace and love and grace and forgiveness so that every day we can point others to you as well as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Holy Spirit, please watch over all who are holding calls at this time for service in different areas of your kingdom. Mandy Ehrenberg from over in Michigan, whom we have called to serve as our 3K teacher. Please continue to be with our principal, Chad Marone, as he deliberates a call to serve over on the west side of the state, Cornerstone Lutheran High School, to be the principal there. Also, watch over Pastor Bodie as he deliberates his call down to Water of Life in Racine in Caledonia. Give your servants wisdom and clarity that your kingdom might continue to grow and expand that more people might look to you, Jesus, as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for another year of growing in Christ and going with Christ here at St. Paul's. Please continue to bless us with growth in you and to reach out to the community around us. We also thank you, Heavenly Father, for those who have served in our congregation on various boards and committees over the last year and how you continue to equip them and all of us for service to you. Please also watch over those who are elected to services or to positions of service here at our congregation at the annual meeting later today. Bless our time at that and the brat fry as well. We ask all these things in the name of our Savior Jesus, and we join to pray the prayer he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated at this time for the communion distribution. If you're visiting with us, please also notice our practice of close communion here at St. Paul's. <laughs> 